We've talked about moms being stressed and frustrated, but this is a whole new ballgame. Women with children are so much more concerned about coronavirus, terrorism, unemployment, environment, the health of the people around them, the country's economy, the children's education, the shortage of basic necessities. All of these are more top of mind. Hello, and welcome to Marketing to Mums, the podcast, the show which helps marketers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs sell more effectively to the world's most powerful consumer, mums. Each fortnight, we bring you a deep diving interview with a marketing specialist from around the globe who can help you gain insights about this influential consumer. Let's hear from our host, Katrina McCarter. Hello, listeners, it's Katrina McCarter. Now, without question, the COVID-19 pandemic has presented an enormous challenge for many businesses and brands. But how has it impacted consumer behaviour? And will these behaviours be long-term? Well, joining me today on the podcast, I speak with Yola Burnett, the Vice President of GFK Consumer Life. GFK are one of the largest and most respected market research companies globally. And Yola and I get together to discuss new research that GFK have released to help brands better understand how mothers are feeling and how their behaviours have changed in comparison to other consumer segments. Now, in this interview with Yola, we're really aiming to help brands and business owners understand some of the messaging preferences of mothers to really help guide your strategy as the world starts to reopen. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, Yola. Hello, how are you, Katrina? It is wonderful to have you on the show. I've had the pleasure of knowing you now for a few years now, and uh, you contributed to my book, and I know that we've both got a really strong interest in researching mothers' behaviours. So when I heard word that GFK were undertaking this research, I knew that I needed to get you on the show. So a big, warm welcome to Marketing to Mums, the podcast. Such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And when you uh, have reached out, I was very excited about being able to be on your podcast and share some of these amazing insights with you. Fantastic. Now, for our listeners that might not be familiar with your organization, could you please share just a little bit of background about GFK and the work that you do there? Yes, absolutely. So for more than 40 years, we here at GFK Consumer Life have connected science and data to help our clients solve their business questions. At Consumer Life, as the name suggests, right, we have been studying the attitudes and behaviors of consumers in the United States and around the globe, really thinking about understanding the why behind the what and how the trends we're seeing today and the ones that will be here tomorrow are driven by larger forces. Uh, We also love the predictive nature of trends. And we have been studying moms and future moms, as well as Gen Z extensively. You know, one of our promise of GFK is that growth from knowledge, because we know that there is a knowledge is power. So 
Absolutely. I share, I absolutely share, share that uh, love of data with you and insights. I'd love you to tell us a little bit of information about the research GFK have recently undertaken about mums and COVID-19. I guess I'm keen to understand what was the research period? How many mums did you survey and were they US mothers only or have they come from around the globe? Are you able to give us just uh, a little bit of a framework around the survey that you've undertaken, the research? Yes. So we started studying, you know, consumers in the United States back in March uh, when, you know, this coronavirus news spread here in the United States. Um, So we started tracking that, you know, through the first four waves. And then in April, our colleagues in Europe were already doing a European study. So GFK, you know, here in the United States joined the forces to also start kind of another coronavirus pulse study, which has been running, you know, since April. So some of the findings that we're going to share here with you are from the latest wave, just from last week, which is wave seven, because we know how quickly things change, right? It evolves so quickly. It's a study uh, that's conducted among a thousand U.S. consumers, including moms. So we're able to look at, you know, there's about over 500 women, 250 moms. Uh, We're able within that sample to look at moms within, you know, children of different ages, not, not, slice and dice it like some of the other studies, but it's it's a great uh, way to see, you know, where moms are. And then, you know, some of the questions, I'm sure just by nature of where we are and predictive nature of trends, I am sure I'm going to talk about GFK Consumer Life, which is a study that's conducted in the United States and globally in the US. We've been doing this, like I mentioned earlier, for over 40 years and globally, for over 20 years. So this is the longest running syndicated trend study globally. Oh, wow. Wow. And that's, that's, that's with 30 plus thousand consumers. So we have ample sample to look at different things. Fantastic. Listen, let's let's get into it. Let's talk about some of the findings that you've made. You know, we're now entering a new phase of reopening, you know, after many weeks and months of, you know, constant worry and, and restraint. How are mums feeling and how do mums feel differently in comparison to women without children? Uh, well, stressed, and frustrated. (laughs) And this is nothing, and this is nothing new, right? We've talked about moms being stressed and frustrated about many facets of their lives. They've always been under a lot of pressure, but this is a whole new ballgame, right? We have about a quarter of women who have lost employment and that number goes up to about three in 10 of women of young, with younger children, We see that uh, women, you know, with children are so much more concerned about many different aspects, especially, you know, coronavirus itself and the increase in the diseases, terrorism, unemployment, environment, all of these are more top of mind. But what's also interesting is that moms tend to be more worried about things such as, you know, the health of the people around them, the impact on the country's economy, the children's education, which makes perfect sense because, you know, a lot of children are doing remote schooling, uh, the shortage of basic necessities, and then finally their health. 
Now, when we looked at it across the board, you know, whether it be women without children or total U.S., we saw that my health was a little bit higher for the other cohorts, whereas mom being the traditional mom always puts herself last, right? Mm. Um, There's also a lot more concern about the everyday tasks and keeping your children safe. So doing uh, things in a safe manner, make sure nobody catches uh, COVID-19 in their house or in their uh, immediate environment. And on the other hand, we also see that despite all of this, moms are cautiously optimistic compared to some other women. In fact, you know, we have about four in 10 women with kids under three claim that, you know, their family's economic situation will be better versus just about a third of, of total U.S. women. So there's a degree of optimism that we will come out of this. Super encouraging. Just, just talking about that stress, because I know that it's something that I've seen you present on many times before, actually, through through sharing your research. I know that this crisis has been a huge stress for mothers. I've felt it myself as a mum of three. Mm-hmm. You know, not only are we handling our usual responsibility, we've also got this, you know, remote learning, children having school at home for our kids. What have you actually heard from mums in your research about that? Well, we're seeing that moms traditionally have worn many different hats, but not at the same time, right? Whereas now we see that women um, with kids under three, especially, are spending a lot more time cleaning their homes versus, you know, only about a half of all women. We take all these precautions. So we are, you know, moms are Uh, not only educators to help uh, with children's assignments, they are maids, they're cooks, they are, uh, you know, doing all these things. The problem is that they're doing it all at the same time. You know, in the past, you know, we have seen some moms work from home, but their children were at school or daycare. They had a quiet home office to be able to focus on their work. Whereas now you have all of these pesky coworkers around you. Uh, So it's definitely dramatically different and that definitely puts a lot of stress on moms. Mm, I will say I work from home and have had three teenagers remote learning at home and there have been pockets of time where I've actually you know it has been stressful overall but there have been pockets of time where it's been nice to meet up with what I call my co-workers in the kitchen mm-hmm. to, uh, mm-hmm. to have, a, have a short break but look I, I share that stress that uh, that mothers have been feeling. Just on top of that because We have to remember that many moms, especially who are still blessed to be able to work remotely, we got to also stress that that not everybody is able to do that, but they aren't just remote. They're working remotely during a pandemic, right? So you have all these things to tend to. So that's definitely exacerbates some of the stress. Marketing to Mums, the podcast, is proudly brought to you by the Marketing to Mums Assessment. This personalised diagnostic report will help you understand how your brand is currently performing in your Marketing to Mums activities. The Marketing to Mums Assessment will clearly identify your gaps and opportunities and provide you with a series of recommendations to attract, engage and convert more mothers and their families to your business. You can find out more about Marketing to Mums Assessment on the website at www.marketingtomums.com.au forward slash assessment. So how 
mums coping? It seems to me that we're spending a lot more time on media during the lockdown, you know, particularly social media. I'm really seeing here in Australia a massive increase in social media use. Is that actually really the case? Is that what you found in your research? Yeah, that that coincides or happens to be the same story here with the research that we're seeing in the United States uh, that, you know, moms are spending a lot more time on social media and digital experiences. And we already know that moms have already been a lot more engaged in a lot of the social media, but now more than ever. Uh, And, you know, women with kids under three are twice as likely as total women to say that they uh, expect to spend free time sharing posts and opinions on social media. And that's perhaps one of their coping mechanisms. Although at the same time with everything that's going on, I'm sure there will also be a step back from that because it's overwhelming with all this information that's happening and and protests uh, around the world. Uh, But we also uh, are seeing, you know, other ways aside from digital experiences and, you know, the rise in subscriptions is that moms are dealing uh, with this in a little bit of a different way as well. So, you know, especially moms with younger children tend to order takeout a little bit more than the average. So passing time, which also includes, aside from social media, engaging, like you mentioned, you know, perhaps after work, spending time playing board games, which is, you know, much higher uh, for moms with children under 18 versus just your average woman. And then the one that I found funny is that one in five moms, so about 21%, are saying that they're buying more alcohol, which is higher than total women. I find that a bit hilarious, but that number goes up to about three in 10 of moms with children under three, which again, points to this idea that there is a need for this relief valve and and moms are looking to to relax. That's interesting, Yola. We've actually seen some different kind of research coming out of Australia in terms of mums' alcohol consumption. So I have Mm. seen some that that are saying that that it's rising amongst Australian mothers and others that are actually saying that it's pretty much still the same. So it's something that I haven't looked at in my own research. So I was really, really keen to to hear um, what you found uh, in your research. One of the things that I wanted to touch on was this role of purpose and people supporting causes. We've we've really seen this rise in supporting causes. You know, we've got racial injustice in the US and around the world. We've had a number of marches here in Australia over the past few weeks. And I wanted to ask you, do you think that this comes out of the blue or does it make sense from what you know about, you know, I guess the youth market, the Gen Zs? And also what about mums? Are they really supporting causes at this time? So this is a classic example of a trend that has already been happening, but got accelerated by the disruption of COVID-19. For example, concern over inequality uh, globally has reached a record high. Uh, We have been tracking um, concerns globally for, for many years now. So this has been a threat for the coming decade. You know, inequality has more than doubled in the last 10 years. And we saw consumers already mobilizing for the planet and and education. In our 2020 annual presentation, which was written pre-COVID, we talked about mobilizing for social justice. We saw the rise of values such as equality, which is defined as desiring equal opportunity for all, and social tolerance, which is working for the welfare of society. These have been up 
quite dramatically by, you know, 14 and eight ranks respectively. So since 2014, but what is really interesting here that these values are not just on the rise, say in North America or United States or concentrated in some other region, we're seeing that they are up across all regions. Uh, and the, the recent marches, you know, Australia, especially here in the US, you know, some of them were triggered by the recent events. Young adults have been more involved already, especially when it comes to protecting the environment, which we saw, especially with, you know, Gen Z and Greta Thunberg being the spokesperson for the environment. But we also saw, you know, last year, you know, Gen Z speaking out against school shootings and, the you know, desire for protection. Uh, but now we see this involvement across the board. You know, there is one of those memes that circulate in the circulating the world of social media uh, in support of George Floyd. And it says, you know, when George Floyd called for his mama, he called all the mamas. And it's interesting because we see that there's a lot of communities coming together. Moms, we already saw that are very engaged in social media. That's, you know, this, they get inspired to uh, be involved. They speak out against it. And they're definitely, uh, definitely involved and join, you know, Gen Z. I mean, some of them are obviously Gen Z. Uh, but we also have to remember that here in the United States, Gen Z is the most diverse generation in U.S. history. And that in, in, in itself carries a lot of implications when it comes to current state of affairs. And when it comes to brands, Gen Z women already had high expectations of brands. About 65% said they expected the brands to they buy to support causes that are important to them. And now we're seeing that women are paying exceptionally high attention to how companies are conducting themselves and, and joining that global movement. Yeah, and that's something that we're really seeing here in Australia as well. So I, I think that that's really something that, that's happening ar around the world. So uh, some great insights. I want to change tack a little bit here and I want to talk about uh, consumer behaviour changes. Like with the pandemic, it's really led people uh, to rely on and try out a variety of online services that they might never have explored otherwise. I certainly know that we've, you know, we've, we've seen this huge huge explosion in the use of uh, Zoom as we're recording on Zoom right now, as well as, you know, a lot of new shopping apps that, that people are trying for the first time. Do you think that this will mark the beginning of a longer term trend? Yes. And this is a trend that has already started. This is something that we have seen with some of the past times of crisis. So let me take a step back. Um, a time of disruption is also a time of innovation and creativity. Uh, in crisis, rules do not apply. And the traditional way of doing certain things no longer work. So we are pushed out of our comfort zone. And we saw in the past that some of these trends were either nascent, already led by a group of leading edge consumers, or likely Gen Z, and now we see that we are suddenly all pushed because of this disruption to change our behavior drastically. And suddenly this relatively nascent trend became mainstream. Why? Because we have to. There's no other option, right? So we, for the example of when it comes to online shopping, the click and collect was trend that was already happening, at mm -hmm. least here in the U.S. You know, I attended this uh, 
grocery shop conference just last year. And, you know, there was just all this innovation about the back of the store being a mini distribution center. So we were already gearing towards this. And we already saw that, you know, this was happening, but it exploded now. Everybody starts started ordering groceries online. You pretty much cannot get a time to get your delivery, at least in my area. I've tried for the past two months with some of the, you know, one of my favorite stores, like can't get an appointment to get this delivered because everybody's doing it. So there's no going back here to some to some degree. I mean, some in some ways, we might go back to some of the retail that we like and love, and it's part of the overall experience. But we already have these apps. We already tried it. A lot of consumers are going to stay with this way of life. When it comes to Zoom, you know, it's very much in the same way. We saw that a lot of the younger consumers were already using a lot of different platforms to connect using video. And, you know, this is a little bit deeper because we see that this has a potential, the potential to change our communications culture. And just to give you an example, my mom, who lives in Europe, has an iPhone because I bought it for her. And she's been pushed to be kind of the leading edge in her age group, I would say, and not to not to stereotype at all. But we're seeing that now suddenly out of the blue, her sister just calls her via that video platform. And typically they used to just talk on the phone. So in a way, people are just doing this. And I think it's just a, a different way of communicating. So we see that some of these, some of these will stay. Absolutely. And then another idea is that idea of remote work, uh, which has the potential to be groundbreaking. You know, we, uh, we see the technology that we have at our disposal makes it easier but if we, if companies decide to allow remote work happening um, more often, it could have huge, uh, just sweeping implications, implications for the environment, no long, costly or stressful commute, the change in our lifestyles, work-life balance, not having to live in a congested or expensive urban area or get the job you really want to without having to move. So, you know, for companies, it could mean not having huge rent and expensive office spaces. Uh, it also means broadened talent pools. This could also have huge implications for local businesses, right? And even the fashion industry. So if we stick to some of the degree of remote work, it can absolutely have sweeping implications. Yeah, absolutely. I do some executive coaching and I've been speaking to a number of CEOs over the past few weeks and um, many of them had, have said, you know, we'll never return to our office or, or the mm-hmm. same size office. We will now look to engage in, in a lot more remote working. I see that happening here in Australia very much so. Your podcast host, Katrina McCarter, has launched her second book. Called The Mother of All Opportunities, this book has been written for board directors, C-suite, senior marketers and business owners to shine a light on the enormous opportunities for growth which exist in the mum market. Katrina demonstrates why now is the right time to rethink your relationship with the world's most powerful consumer, mums. Fast track your brand and build a competitive advantage by gaining critical research-based insights into this massive and underserved market. If you live in Australia, you can get your copy from www.marketingtomums.com.au forward slash book. If you live overseas, you can get your copy from Amazon.
Now, Yolo, many brands have actually been trying to be really helpful to consumers, but they're not quite sure how to shift gears as the pandemic, you know, starts to wane and we start to reopen businesses. What do mums want to hear from brands now and in the future? Yeah, so we, first of all, started with the solemn messages in the beginning of the pandemic, which was appropriate at the time, except every single commercial sounded almost the same, the tone, the wording, the message. You know, right now we're seeing that moms, especially with, you know, younger children, really want brands to go back to pre-virus messages, which is agreed by some Really? Yes. Wow. 56% 56% of moms with kids under three say they want brands to, go, brands to go back with pre-virus messaging versus 40% of all women. And then on the flip side, we're seeing that 44% of those uh, young moms are saying that messaging should adjust to a different world versus 60% of all women. So all women think, you know, we do need to address kind of the new world. So this is a really tough balance, but I would say that it goes back to understanding your audience. It has to go back to who you are as a brand. You know, again, I'm a typical mom and as many others spend a lot of time on social media connecting with other moms. And it's a tough time on so many levels, but not everyone's experiences are the same and we may represent different values. So just thinking about you know, some of the messages, what binds us together as, you know, values, as humans. And again, if you have a targeted message, gear it to your audience. Like if you're talking to these moms with children under three, I think they are tired, frustrated. They want to move forward. And many find relief and humor, especially, you know, trying to maintain that professional front Lots of comical stuff happening in the background. But at the same time, we also have to be very careful not to make light of this current situation. So it's a very, very tough balance. At the same time, I think moms need reassurance as the the world starts reopening. You know, we're going back to uh, want it or not. We're not going back to to the state of normalcy before, before COVID. We're going back to a different world. Even if you imagine eating a cake and someone just blew uh, out a birthday candles on it. Uh, you know, this, even these simple traditions may never be the same. And I think that, again, when it comes to advertising and messaging, that needs to be addressed. So brands have to be really listen to moms, understand where their head is at, and try to help them cope with, you know, their current situation. Mm. Yola, I wanted to ask, do moms feel that brands have been helpful during the crisis? They have seeing both sides of the equation. We saw that moms, especially of younger children, are attuned to what brands are doing. They are paying attention uh, to, you know, we see that they see some examples of brands that have been the force for the good, you know, but at the same time, uh, we're seeing that about 81% of moms with kids under three saying that they have noticed brands trying to take advantage during during the crisis. Uh, And 79% with kids under three say that they have noticed brands acting as force for good. So again, they're highly connected to what's happening in the world. You know, they have seen both sides of the equation. So building the trust 
is going to be critical. They're, they're definitely paying attention and talking about it. Mm. Is there any particular messaging that brands really need to avoid as businesses start to reopen around the world? Yeah. So when it comes to that, I would say messages that are tone deaf to what's happening in the world. Messages that are authentic and that, my, that by, by that I mean represent empty words or just a PR stunt or a lip service without any action behind it or that are not tied to any extensive track record. So if you're a brand that puts out a message that you are supportive of moms, single moms or moms of color, but you don't live that message on a corporate level, consumers are going to see through that and it's going to backfire. And I have to tell you, the world of social media can be brutal. It's like mastering a wildfire. Again, if you're a brand that doesn't have, you know, a good track record but wants to change, perhaps thinking about putting a message that it is a time of growth and learning and we can all do better and make the necessary changes. I think that is something that is going to resonate. Mm, That's fantastic. I like those tips. Thank you. Now, Yola, if our listeners wanted to access your research and learn more about GFK, what's the best way for them to do so? Please feel free to connect with me at yola.burnett at gfk.com. You can also visit gfk.com for more information. Uh, Sign up for our newsletter. There is also a special page, Mastering the Crisis, or if you search for COVID Coronavirus Pulse Resource Center at GFK, you will be able to access a lot of information uh, that's available to you free of cost, including webinars and some of the uh, the research from this study. Oh, I didn't know that. So that's fantastic, yeah. Yola. We'll, and just for my listeners, we'll make sure that we put those uh, links in the show notes so that you can access those nice and easily. Yola has provided us with some great insights to help shape your messaging and communications as we start to reopen our businesses and look to increase our sales. I highly recommend getting together with your team and re-listening to this episode and have a discussion around what these research findings mean for your brand and identify any critical changes that you need to make in your strategy and more specifically in your messaging. Yola, I would love to thank you for taking the time out to share your research insights with us and for being part of Marketing to Mums, the podcast. Thank you so much, Katrina. It's been my pleasure. Please be safe and well all. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. That was a fascinating interview with Yola. I think she provided some really rich insights that will really help us with our brand communications moving forward. As always, I encourage you to head over to the show notes at www.marketingtomums.com.au forward slash podcast. You can get all of those easy links to connect with GFK. Thank you for listening to Marketing to Mums, the podcast. You've been listening to Marketing to Mums, the podcast, the show which helps you drive sales and profit in your organization by developing a deeper understanding of the world's most powerful consumer, mums. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and a review and tell us what your key takeaway was or who your favorite guest was and why. 
If you would like to get the show notes from today's episode or any of the links mentioned, all you need to do is head to marketingtomums.com.au forward slash podcast. Don't forget to sign up to receive an email to let you know when the next episode is released. Thanks for listening.